Shmuel Aleph, Perikei, Pasuk Aleph, continues the action-packed sequence that we are on in the middle of here in Sefer Shmuel. Um, the Plishtim have girded themselves for war against Klal Yisrael and even against God. And because of the misdeeds and the miscalculations of the Jewish people, uh, the Mishkan, Shiloh, has been destroyed. Uh, everything is being wrecked. And... Now we find out, the Plishtim had taken, had captured the Ark of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we saw inklings of in the previous parak, and they took it from Evan Hoezer, from the Aid Stone, as we saw in the previous parak, down to Ashdod, in the southern part of Israel down by what they call the West Bank, or the the Gaza Strip, I'm sorry, uh, down by Gaza, by that area, which has always been an area of troubles for the Jewish people. And having the Aron and keeping it are two very different things, because the powers that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as the Mayim Loe says, manifested through the Aron HaKodesh, are going to be too great for the Plishtim to be able to handle. And we'll see also for the Jews to handle. Uh, the uh, section of his book that Rabbi uh, Ilan Ginyan talks about, about Sefer Shmuel, he calls mishandling Kedusha. And there's going to be some spectacular mishandling here, first by the Plishtim, and then, alas, by the Jewish people, who even when the uh, Aron is miraculously returned to us by the Plishtim because they realize its power, uh, we act with a lesser degree of sensitivity to what the Aron represents. Later on in Sefer Shmuel, we're going to see a moment where the Aron tips on the cart that it is being drawn upon, and one of David HaMelech's closest aides and assistants tries to stop the Aron from falling, and as a result dies because he should not be touching such an incredibly holy object. The uh, great respect that the Machane Yisrael showed to the Aron all through the trips through the Midbar, the way the Levim carried it, Bakosef uh, Yisau, I'm sorry, the Bnei Kahas, the Kohanim carried it, uh, tremendous, tremendous respect for an artifact that Moshe Rabbeinu made at Hashem's command, and that held so many holy things within it, and represented the resting of the Shekhinah in a physical space. So the Plishtim took the Ark of God by Yavioso based Dagon. And they brought it to the house of Dagon. Dagon was their god. Uh, the god of the Plishtim, the Mepharshim tell us, uh, was, Rashi says, Demus Asui Kidemus Dag, Dagon. Not like Dagon as in Tavua, as in grain, but Dagon as in a fish. Um, Dagon may have been a combination of fish and own, which means power. Uh, some say that the uh, idol that they worshipped was in the form of a fish. Some say it was kind of like a merman, that from the waist up it was a human form with hands, and from the waist down it looked like a fish. The hands are going to play an important part in the story that is about to come. Uh, some say that it was just a human image, with Dagon being its name. It might be that the Plishtim, who considered themselves great sailors, felt that they dominated the land and the sea, so the region of the Dug was theirs as well. And so they brought it to the Temple of Dagon, perhaps as a mark of respect. Rabbi Yochanan says in the Gemara that they put it in the Temple of their God because it was a place of honor for them. They said, this is a God and that is a God. Let them dwell together. But Reish Lakish argued, 
And he said if they had meant to honor the Aron, they wouldn't have been punished. But instead, they put the Aron next to Dagon and said Dagon is the winner, the victor, and God Hashem is the loser, Kivayachal, uh, in the, you know, Chas Shalom. And let the vanquished come and serve the victor. And this is something that it's going to turn out exactly the opposite from what they were planning. So they took it, they brought it to the temple by Atiguoso Eitzel Dogon. And they stood it, the Aron, beside the giant image of Dogon that they had there. By Ashkimu Ashdodim in Mimacharas. And when the people of Ashdod awoke, awoke the next morning, by Ashkimu, usually mean they woke up early, Bihine Dogon no fell of and behold, the giant idol of Dagon had fallen to the ground, prostrate, lefnei Aron Hashem, before the Aron. Now the Plishtim had put the Aron next to Dagon. If Dagon had fallen over accidentally, it would have fallen forward, so it would still be parallel to the Aron. But instead, it was as if the idol had gotten up, walked around, turned in a circle, and then prostrated himself before the Aron, bowing down to it, which was completely unnatural in this story, which is, of course, itself unnatural, because it's a giant, unmoving stone idol. Lifnei Aron Hashem, by Dagon But they figured, okay, maybe it's an accident. And so they picked up the idol of Dagon, and they returned it to its ordinary place. And they, when they woke up early the following morning, so they rushed into the temple to see what there was to see. And behold, Dagon had again fallen and was prostrated on its face before the Aron of God. But this time, the Rosh Dagon, the head of the idol of Dagon, Ushte Kapos Yadav, and the two palms of its hands, which is why most Mepharshim say there was a human uh, capacity to at least the torso and the arms, if not to the whole idol. But the head and the two palms of the hands, Kirusos El Hamifton, were cut off and lying on the threshold, and not in a position that they would naturally fall in if the idol had just collapsed and fallen down. Now the hands and the head are cut off in what looks like an act of deliberate destruction. Rak Dagon Nishar Olav. Only Dagon's trunk remained uh, upon it, upon the idol. And the Medrash says, Hashem was saying to the Plishtim, you weren't burned by warm water when it was just prostrated in front of the Aron. But now I'm going to turn the heat up and pour boiling water over you so that you will actually pay attention. So the first day after the Aron arrived, they woke up early, which seems to indicate by this Pasuk that they woke up even earlier the next day because they were amazed to see what was happening and agog at what was happening here by the Aron, which the Malbim and the other Mepharshim point out, none of it was physically what one would expect for an idol that fell down, let alone that fell down on its face.